Welcome to the Supernatural Podcast. My name is Shadi Akebi. Thank you for joining me today for this episode. And I pray that you are blessed listening to this message today. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about identity. Christ's identity. Because this is how God sees us as born-again believers. God identifies us through the identity of Jesus Christ, his son. God sees you through his word. He sees you in the image of Christ. You know, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You know, in, in Genesis chapter 17, God told Abraham, God said he has made him a father of nations. But in the natural, when you look at Abraham's life, there was no evidence of this possibility. Yet God spoke to him in past tense. Because as far as God was concerned, it was done in God's realm. In the spirit, it was already written and it was already established by God. But in the natural, there was no sign of it. I mean, Abraham was a 99-year-old man. And even more difficult, Sarah was 90 years old, his wife. And not only that, Sarah was barren. All her life, Sarah had never conceived. Even when she was young, when she was youthful, in her youthful days, she did not conceive. So how much more now that she is aged and fragile? Yet God confidently declared to Abraham, I have made you in past tense, not that I am going to make you. So as far as God is concerned, it's already done, Abraham. And God even took him outside his tent to give him a vivid clarity in his mind. God gave him a picture of his future to help him to reset his thinking, to reset his mind in agreement with God and to speak in agreement with God's will, God's promise for his life. God took him outside his tent in the night and God said to him, Abraham, look at the skies. Can you count the stars? Because that is how numerous your children will be. Your descendant will be so numerous, they will be uncountable. God told him, look at the the seashore. Look at the sand. Can you count the sand of the seashore? God said, that is how numerous your descendant will be. That was how, that was the vastness of God's plan for Abraham. And God was trying to paint a picture in his mind about what God has already written about him in his book. Though the promise was not fulfilled overnight. I mean, it took a period of 25 years between the time the promise was given to Abraham at 75 years of age in in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 12, to when Isaac was born to Abraham at the old age of 100 years and Sarah was over 90 years. The Bible says, forever the word of God is settled. It means if God says it, God can also do it. There is nothing impossible with God. However, it is not enough that God has made the promise in the Bible concerning his plan and purpose for our lives. 
we must also change. We must change the way we think and align with God. We must believe and embrace the plan of God for us if we want to see the promise come to pass. The Bible tells us that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham had to believe the unbelievable to receive the impossible from God. God gave him a new mindset. God showed him a picture of his future and God told him to change his name and begin to declare his future by what God has written about him. God told him to begin to call himself the name, the right name, address himself in the right way could to change how he was thinking and what he was saying about himself. God told Hebrew in Genesis chapter 17. I read Genesis chapter 17 verse 4 says, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. I have made you. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. And God told him as for his wife, as for Sarah, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarah. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. And the Bible says, Abraham believed God. Abraham believed that God is a God that calls what is not into existence. God is able. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. God declared Abraham justified. God declared Abraham was qualified because she believed. God qualified him to receive the miracle because she believed the, because Abraham believed the promise of God. The Lord gave them God gave, God gave Abraham and Sarah the ability to give birth at old age. And the same Bible says, even for us in the New Testament, through Christ, we can do all things. That means you need to look at Christ to define what you can do. You need to look at Jesus, the author and the finisher of faith, to know who you are and what God has called you to be. You need to let God define who you are and what God can do through your life. Praise God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, that what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has prepared. It's beyond the natural imagination the love, the plan, and what God has written concerning you. So today, I just wonder what you believe about yourself. I wonder what you believe about your life. I wonder what you believe about your purpose. I wonder what you think about your future. I mean, we are living in the days when we are hearing that, you know, it's all over the news. Oh, there is a um, reset. Reset. Uh, new world order. You know, there is no other reset greater than God's plan. <laughs> you don't have to worry about what the world is saying. You don't have to worry about the systems of this world. God is the one that will set our lives. God is the one who has the final say. 
So I wonder what you think about your future. Even in the situation you are facing today, I wonder what you believe. Does it match who God say you are in his book of promises, the Bible? Does your belief about your identity match God's word, God's image of who you are? I know there are a lot of talk about gender, gender, that gender is. What is your identity? What do you believe about your identity? What is the image that God has created you in? Do you believe your identity? Does your identity match the identity God has called you in his word? He has defined you. He has established you. Is your confidence in God's promises or the opinion of other people? Or does the world's opinion about you define you more than the word of God? Does your feelings design, does your feelings define you more than the word of God? Because feelings are fickle. They go up and down. But the word of God abides forever. There is no other foundation that you can build your life to be a solid ground to overcome the trials and the tribulations of this world than the word of God. The word of God is forever established. It stands forever. I wonder what you believe about yourself. Because everything we do or whatever we become in life is born out of what we believe about ourselves. God cannot help you or me beyond what we believe of ourselves. If the foundation of what we believe of ourselves is wrong, God cannot build upon our lives what he has purposed for us. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 14 that the natural mind does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually the same. You see, with our natural mind, we cannot receive from God. The natural mind cannot understand the things of God. He cannot receive it. The things of God are spiritually the Son. It is the Holy Spirit that gives us revelation of the things of the Spirit. We cannot receive the things of the Spirit in the flesh. In fact, I read earlier on that um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, that the Bible says, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, these are the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And these things, verse 10 says, these things are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. It is the spirit that searches all things, even the deep things of God. Your natural mind cannot receive things from God. The things of God are foolishness to the natural mind. It is the spirit that can reveal the things of God to us. The flesh cannot. But the problem is we are spiritually, we are lazy spiritually. We don't like to pray. We want to coast along in the flesh and just please the flesh. It's comfortable for us because the things of the spirit, you don't see them in the natural. So it takes extra effort. It takes, you know, that determination to go into the things of the spirit. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to walk with God. You cannot please God without faith. And what is faith? The Bible says, faith is the evidence of things not seen. 
So that's enough. It's not comfortable because we cannot see it in the natural. But we would love to be in the natural. We want, we want to be comfortable. So we concentrate more on the flesh or the natural way of changing things. We don't like to make efforts to address things in the spirit. We seek so much to change things in the flesh without giving more consideration to dealing with things in the spirit. But our flesh is limited. The flesh is corrupted. It is weak. It cannot take the things of God. It cannot take the things of the spirit. And this is why even Jesus, the son of God, did not transform the disciples in their flesh. When Jesus was physically here with the disciples, he told them, I have many things to show you, but you cannot bear it. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he will reveal these things to you. Now that is Jesus, the Son of God, physically with them in the flesh, yet he could not get their flesh to comprehend the things of the Spirit. And even after he was resurrected, after he died on the cross and he, he was resurrected from the grave and he appeared to them, now they saw him in his glorified body and he gave them the commission to go and preach the gospel. Now they believe. He still tell, told them, Jesus still he told them, he said, don't go in your flesh. Go and wait for the Holy Spirit. Go in the spirit. Go and tarry in the spirit and wait. He told them, you cannot bring these things about in your flesh. You need to go and tarry. You need to go and wait in the spirit to be empowered spiritually. And it was in the place of prayer they were changed. Now these people were so transformed that now they were so changed that even when they pray, the building where they prayed physically will shake, literally shake, because they were so transformed in the spirit. Now, people will line up, the sick people, they will line them up on the street so that Peter's shadow will just pass over them and they will be healed. Peter's shadow was able to heal the sick. Now, this is the transformation of the spirit. Now, these same people that, that ran away from Christ, who ran away from Jesus when he was being crucified, now these people were so changed that people are now saying, look at this, these are the men who have turned the world upside down. They changed everything they touched. They shook everything with the spirit. They were reckoned with as they have turned the world upside down. Peter alone preached on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people had the gospel, were saved. And the Bible says that by the power of the Holy Spirit, every nation was present. Who could have done that for Peter to preach that all the nations would be present? It was the Holy Spirit. It was by the Spirit he was able to do that, to preach and the, all the nations were present. That's what the Bible tells us on that day, that from different nations they were there. It was the Holy Spirit. That is the power of when we go into the Spirit to change things. We try to walk in the flesh, but the flesh cannot lay hold of the things of God. Even Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Bible tells us, it was prophesied of him that he will walk in the Spirit. The Bible tells us, even in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, it says, I read, the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. That is Jesus. The Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and strength, the Spirit of knowledge of fear of the Lord. That was how the Lord operated. 
he walked in the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, not the spirit, not the, his flesh, even though he was sinless, but he walked in the spirit. The Bible said the spirit of counsel. It was from the Holy Spirit he received strength. It was from the Holy Spirit he received wisdom. He received understanding. He received counsel. The Bible said in Acts chapter 10 verse 38 that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how we went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Even the Son of God, when he walked this world, when he walked this earth in the flesh, he didn't operate in the flesh, even though he was sinless. So the focus here is the change occurred. I've been talking about Abraham. The change in Abraham occurred because Abraham was taught how to change things in the spirit. The change first occurred in the spirit. It was in the spirit the change was born. It was in the spirit Isaac was born. It was in the spirit the promise was born. Then we see the physical manifestation after the change occurred in the spirit. It is not by power. It is not by might. It is important we focus more on the spirit than how things look in the natural. We are always trying to fix things in the natural first. But it is important to focus on the spirit. This is the powerful truth God taught Abraham as the father of faith. How to walk by faith and not by sight. To effect change from the spirit force before he can see the physical, the, before he can see the spiritual promise of God to come to pass in the natural realm. The promises of God are spiritual promises and we have to go in the spirit to receive in the spirit. And we, the natural man cannot find the way into that spirit realm. It is the spirit that will lead us. It is by waiting on the spirit. It is by walking in the spirit that we will tarry in the spirit. We will get into the spirit and we will be able to manifest what is in the spirit in the natural. God taught Abraham how to change things in the spirit. To see the result change in the physical, God taught him how to go in the spirit. I mean, when you look at it, even when they try to help God in the flesh, look at the problem that erupted. Up to today, we still have that problem. When they tried to, Sarah suggested to Abraham, and they tried to use Agai, Sarah's servant, to birth the promise of the spirit. Look at what, what, what happened. They gave birth to Ishmael. And today you still have this contention between the children of Abraham, the Arab nation and the Jewish nation. You still have this, this contention going on because it was the flesh. But thank God eventually Abraham caught up with the lesson that God was teaching him in the spirit. He caught up and he understood that it is by the spirit he needed to bring to birth the things of God. The Bible records in Romans chapter 4, 17 that Abraham realized that God is a God who calls into existence the things that do not exist. God calls into existence the things that do not exist in the natural. Because God taught him when he told him to change his name, when he told him to change his mindset, to, to change how he, he was seeing things in the spirit. God told him to, to change his mindset, to change what he was saying about himself, to align with the spiritual promise of God. God taught Abraham, if you believe and walk by faith, you will see the manifestation of the promise of the Spirit. You know, the way of this world is, 
I will believe it when I see it. But the way of God is if you believe it, then you will see it. God has the power and the ability to change any situation. The Bible says that Abraham faced the fact that his body was good and dead since he was about 100 years old. But without weakening in his faith, he held on to God's faith by speaking prophetically, renewing his mind, speaking in agreement with what God had promised him. So today, I want to ask you what you believe. Romans chapter 4 verse 18 says, Contrary to hope, there was no hope. Abraham's situation looked hopeless. But the Bible tells us in Romans 4, 18 that in hope he believed, even though there was no hope, but he believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken to him. He was able to receive it. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to perform, and therefore it was credited to him for righteousness. This is how to handle what we see in the natural, not being weak in faith. That is the report of the Lord. Not to consider the weakness of your circumstances. Not to consider the man's report. Not to consider opinion of people, the, this world's opinion about your situation. Not to consider what the feelings are telling you. Feelings are fickle. Whatever you're going through today, yes, we don't deny the facts of the matter. Maybe you're going through a health challenge. The doctors have said there is no hope. Maybe your financial situation is very bad. It looks hopeless. We don't deny those facts. But what we, we are saying is, what God says is that God can change the story and rewrite a new favorable story. God can touch your body. God can heal sick body. God can give you new body parts. God can give you a new heart, a new kidney. God can change the physical situation. By believing his promise, spiritual promise, God can bring breakthrough. God can give you favor. Our faith must be placed in God who cannot fail and hold on to his promises. Instead of thinking the negative thoughts, instead of keeping our eyes on the trouble of this world, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. The Bible says, Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Even as Abraham fixed his eyes on the promise of God, and he's, he's, today is the father of faith, and all the promises God made to Abraham has come to pass. God told Abraham, even 600 years down the line, that your descendants will be in slavery for 400 years. Even the land of Canaan, where God made the promise to Abraham, God told him, you, your descendant will possess this land. They, I will give it to them. That was even 600 years down the line before they left Egypt. They had not gone into Egypt. They had not gone into slavery. But before all these things happened, God already told Abraham what was going to happen. My friend, the word of God is forever settled. Let your hope be placed in the word of God today. 
That's what I want to encourage you with as we are going to pray now. The Bible says that this is the confidence that we have, that if we ask God for anything in agreement with his will, that is in agreement with his word, in agreement with his promise, he hears our prayer. And we know that if he hears our prayer, we know that we have our petition. I want to encourage you to trust God and hold on to the promise of God. If you believe it, you will see the promise of God. The Bible says, believe the Lord. Believe his report. Believe his prophet. I am coming to you today as a prophet of God to give you the counsel of God. The counsel of God is that it is well with you. God has not planned any evil for you. No matter the situation we see in the world, today the counsel of God is for you to hold on to his promise. So we're going to pray now. And I'm going to set myself in agreement with you for what you believe in God, for the promise God has given you. Let us pray now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you today for the opportunity to bring your word to your people. Lord, I pray the word today that this word will take root in the heart of the listeners that have taken your word today. I pray that, Lord, you will protect the seed of this word to bring forth harvest in their lives. Father, I pray the promises that you have made to your people. Father God, you are faithful to bring your word to pass. Lord, I pray that the enemy will not uh, they will not give up, but they will be strong in the spirit. You will help them to tarry in prayer. You will help them to keep walking by faith and not by sight. And I pray for every need that is presented right now, Lord, that you will bring provision to your people. I pray you will meet this need. I pray for your mercy, for your grace, Father God. I pray you will heal sick body. I pray you will touch confused mind. I come against the spirit of confusion. I come against fear. I come against the oppression of darkness in the lives of your people father i release your life i release your power i release your glory father i pray father god let your kingdom come in their lives oh god father let them rejoice oh god in your goodness and in your mercy i plead the blood of jesus over every single person lord father thank you for your word today thank you for testimonies in the mighty name of jesus i pray amen amen thank you so much for listening to